1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Candlestick Chronicles, the 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Chris Biederman. I cover the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. With me, as always, it's Kyle Madsen of Niners Wire of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Real quick, guys, check out harrys.com slash bluewire for great offers on their great shaving products. Kyle, what's going on, buddy? How you doing?
2: Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, I got to get some Harry's razors. Actually, I got to make sure I get my shipment in soon. I'm getting real scruffy, and so I'm keeping the training camp beard for a while. But I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to keep it because I got to tell you, it is hot. <laughs> <laughs> and having the and having the neck beard and stuff when it's warm makes it extremely difficult to beat the heat, which is what I spent today doing.
1: Yeah, I had to I had to shave the uh, the facial hair earlier this week because all the training camp heat is just getting to me. But uh, so, yeah, check out Harry's. So we're back with our second podcast since the 49ers began training camp. If you did not listen to the first podcast, I highly recommend going back. We touched on a lot of the early themes that we saw from, from the first few 49ers practices. Uh, we've only had really one practice since the last time we recorded. Um, so there isn't a whole lot of new stuff to discuss. So we're going to answer some Twitter questions later on, sort of a mailbag format to this podcast. But there's a little bit of injury news, which is obviously never really good when you're talking about this team, given the way injuries have sort of derailed the 49ers in recent seasons. So it's got to start with DeForest Buckner. He practice today. Uh, we're recording this Thursday afternoon with a minor toe injury. Um, I've asked how significant they think it is because sort of a a mild toe strain could mean mean a lot of things toes are are very tricky um, and you know keep in mind like Nick Bosa's hamstring injury during the offseason program was also considered minor and he missed a month of practice so i'm not saying that i think Buckner's going to miss a month but it is notable that he's he's dealing with the toe strain and so we don't know exactly when he's going to return to practice we might uh, he might show up tomorrow, Friday, on the practice field and be totally fine, or it might be a few days. We'll have to wait and see. We didn't get to talk to Kyle Shanahan about that today after today's practice. Uh, D. Ford sat out team drills. He's dealing with a little bit of knee tendonitis. Um, Kyle Shanahan described that as as not really significant. If the Niners were playing a game today, I think he would have uh, D. Ford would have played. It's tendonitis that he's dealt with. Shanahan said, basically every training camp of his career. So that'll be something to monitor. Um, And then Joshua Garnett, the 2016 first round pick who's really sort of battling to to stay on the team and and maintain a roster spot. He dislocated a finger on the first day of camp. He tried playing through it the next day. It dislocated again. uh, And he actually had surgery this week. Kyle Shanahan said that the surgery was a requirement because otherwise he just would have kept dislocating the finger. So he'll be out three weeks. That's obviously not a good development for him, just given that the 49ers made a bunch of additions along the interior of the offensive line for depth this offseason, season, uh, increasing the competition for Garnett in terms of his, his battling for a roster spot. So that's obviously not good news for him. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, Uh, Kyle Shanahan said earlier this week he thought Thursday or Friday McKinnon might end up getting activated off the PUP list. Uh, He said today that that's actually going to be pushed back until next week. So the 49ers are going to reevaluate McKinnon. They have four straight practices again and then an off day on Monday. So it could be that McKinnon gets evaluated on Monday or Tuesday and uh, he might get activated off PUP next week so if that were to happen i would imagine the 49ers ingratiate him slowly back into the fold the same way they are with jimmy ward he was uh taken off the pup list recently with his broken collarbone and, and he's been able to participate in walkthroughs but he hasn't participated in practice yet so uh the thing is with being on pup is that you can't do any team stuff on the field so um you cannot participate in walkthroughs and walkthroughs are, are a significant part of, you know, understanding play calls, looks, adjustments, schemes, things like that. So that's obviously important stuff. And and Jeff Wilson, Jr., backup running back he, who got starts late in, in the year in 2018, uh, he's going to be out a couple weeks with a calf injury. And it sounds like he's not going to play in the preseason opener coming up against the Cowboys August 10th. So that is the rundown. Uh, none of these injuries, maybe with the exception of Garnett, appear serious, but it certainly bears monitoring. Obviously, DeForest Buckner is, is the 49ers resident Iron Man, and he's only missed one game in his career. So I, I think you, fans should, should probably feel okay about that, uh, even if he doesn't practice. If he were to sit out a week, I don't think I would be terribly surprised by it, just because the Niners are operating with extreme caution. Um, Kyle, was there anything you wanted to say or ask about these injuries?
2: No, I don't think so. I, I think it's worth emphasizing, though, that this new training staff, like we talked about last week, this new training staff has been extremely conservative with keeping guys out and and making sure that injured players aren't aren't in a position where they're going to re-aggravate an injury or make a short-term thing, a long-term thing, just to have them on the field during camp. And, and a lot of teams are pretty cautious this time of year, but I think the 49ers are probably being extra cautious, and so that's why unless unless it looks like Buckner is going to be out for you know multiple weeks, then, then like you said it, it, it's probably a little bit concerning but for now' it's, it's worth keeping an eye on, I think, but nothing nothing to be worried about yet.
1: And we're still five weeks from the more than five weeks from the regular season opener. so these guys should right. have a, a good amount of time to get right. Um, so we thought it would be good to in this podcast to go through some uh, some of the camp competitions that we didn't really touch on earlier. Uh, and I think probably the one the one battle that people are most intrigued by is is at receiver. So receiver is is really difficult to gauge because all these reps are being distributed pretty equally between first, second, third team, and sometimes at practice the the first team will will open with guys like Max McCaffrey and and Malik Henry as the two receivers out there, and then Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin will be with the twos, and so there there's always this constant shuffling. It's it's not always as simple as the starters always work with the starters. The backups always work with the backups. I think the only place where that's really applicable is the quarterback and the offensive line. You, you basically know who which is the first team by which quarterback is out there, and he's only going to be out there behind the starting offensive line. Jimmy Garoppolo, I should say. So it's really been difficult to sort of gauge exactly how things are shaking out. What we can say is that I think Richie James looks pretty good. Um, he he's, he's making plays almost every practice plays that that stand out, whether they're short plays or long plays. Um, on Tuesday, he had a 60 yard touchdown on the first, on the first pass of practice from Garoppolo beating Adrian Colbert on, on a route deep. Um, and James has looked really, really difficult to cover in one-on-one drills too. Uh, so he looks like an NFL receiver. And I think I said it that He's going to end up on an NFL roster somewhere if he doesn't make this one, but I think it's going to be tough for the 49ers to cut him. Um, another guy that that's interesting is is Jordan Matthews, and he's somebody who had a really good offseason program, and, and maybe he's taken a little bit of a step back, or at least he hasn't been quite as productive um, since training camp started, but he's somebody who Kyle Shanahan likes for his veteran presence, for his size, for just his differing skill set from basically everyone else on the roster. Uh, and then another guy that needs to be highlighted is Kendrick Bourne, who probably had his best practice of camp today. He was dynamite in one-on-one red zone drills. I think he had, he had three touchdown catches. Um, he had uh, a couple catches during full-team drills, one from Garoppolo. I think his first pass of the game was about 25-yard play, uh, an outbreaking route towards the left sideline. Um, Kendrick Bourne just looks just looks solid. He looks like somebody who is really gaining an understanding of the offense. He knows exactly what he needs to do to get open. Um, so it's going to be interesting because we know like guys who we know are going to make the team like Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd, like they just haven't been as often available or making as many catches as some of these other d- guys. And a lot of that has to do with an experience, right? So the fact that Debo Samuel doesn't have uh, like a prolific training camp stat line to date, I don't think is problematic because he's still learning the offense, right? We're talking about other people who are either veterans or have been in the system a little bit longer. Jalen Hurd is another example. He's probably made two or three or four maybe catches during full team drills and, and no real splash, splash plays. But as a third round pick, we know he's going to make the roster. So it makes things interesting because you look at guys like Richie James and Jordan Matthews who might be doing a little bit more on the practice field, but in the big picture, they might be on the outside or on the wrong side of the numbers game because there are these rookies uh, who we know are going to make the team who probably have a higher upside, but they're just very early in their development and they're really just cutting their teeth as pros at the moment.
2: Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan specifically brought up the receiver competition today Uh, Let me get his quote here. He said, we've added a number of new guys in there, and we got some rookies. We brought in a free agent, and the guys are competing. I think we have the most depth and the hardest competition we've had at receivers since we've gotten here. And I think that's really bearing itself out in camp, which is good for San Francisco because their receiver group last year was just so – it was just lacking just in in playmakers in general. If it wasn't for George Kittle, I'm not sure – would have driven their offense uh, their their passing offense anyway and then when you talk about numbers James was a guy I had on the outside looking in uh going into going into camp and Matthew's probably the same but you figure Pettis, Hurd, and Samuel are all locks to make the roster Marquise Goodwin is probably a lock to make the roster Trent Taylor has looked really good from from what I've heard and seen he has so Trent Taylor is probably something close to a lock to make the roster. That's five, and they're probably keeping six. That leaves Richie James, Kendrick Bourne, and Jordan Matthews all vying for one spot. Yeah. Uh, unless unless you've seen something that that says that Taylor or Goodwin aren't aren't necessarily locks. Um, e- either way, the Niners are in a position where they're going to have to probably cut a receiver that can be productive for another team. And that's not been the case in in quite some time, if and you, I think that's I think that's a good thing.
1: If you would have asked me at the end of OTAs in June whether I thought Jordan Matthews or Kendrick Bourne would make the team, I probably would have picked Matthews, and uh, that would have been you know I was surprised at, at how good Matthews was uh, and how well he was sort of integrating himself into this thing, but. After watching the first week of training camp, I would say Kendrick Bourne has a leg up now on Jordan Matthews. And it's always, you always sort of look at like, what is a team invested in a player? Like, Bourne right. is the guy who the Niners brought in as a UDFA. They gave him significant playing time his first two seasons. Jordan Matthews is just sort of a street free agent who, you know, no, th- this isn't meant to at all disrespect, Jordan Matthews, but he's the type of player that you could find basically in free agency every season for a pretty affordable price, right? Like there's always a Jordan Matthews, uh, a Lewis Murphy, you know, somebody like that, that you could, that you could bring in every March, but it's hard to find people when your system is really complicated who understand the system. And Kendrick Bourne is one of those players that understands the system. So for me right now, I mean they're they're not going to keep more than six. I just think they're they're that's too much of a numbers crunch to to try to have seven receivers on your fifty three man roster. So right now, a week into training camp, five weeks away from from the regular season opener, I think it's going to be Pettis, Samuel, Goodwin, Taylor, Born, and Hurd. And I would imagine that Hurd is going to be the one who's inactive on game days um, because he just doesn't have the experience or the knowledge of the system yet. And I think it's pretty apparent because he 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 hasn't become sort of that focal point of the offense that we're thinking about. I think the Jalen Hurd selection is somebody who is really going to pay div- dividends in 2020, 2021, because he's still pretty new at wide receiver. Um, even if somebody like Jordan Matthews or Richie James is more productive on the practice field right now. Uh, James might end up being the toughest cut on the roster if he doesn't make it because he offers value as a returner. He can play inside. He can play outside. Uh, It's just you have those guys already. Like Richie James, you know, Trent Taylor is going to need playing time in the slot. Uh, Debo Samuel is going to play in the slot a lot. Marquise Goodwin is probably going to play in the slot a lot like uh, uh, Taylor Gabriel (laughs) did with the Falcons in 2016 as sort of that slot deep threat who you try to get up on safeties and, and let Goodwin just run by him. Uh, unless something happens with Goodwin, they, they might, I mean, Goodwin could always get hurt. I mean, we, we've seen that happen plenty. If, if Goodwin deals with an injury and, and he's not a hundred percent going into the season, then it would make some sense to maybe try to move on. So you don't have to, you, you don't have to wait every week to see if Goodwin's going to be healthy or not. That might be a reason to, to move on from Goodwin if, if that's the way you want to go. But yeah, it's wide open right now. It's really tough to say. Um, I don't know that we're going to learn a whole lot in the preseason either. Unless Kyle Shanahan sits some key, like he might sit guys in the preseason, which would be an indicator of, okay, that guy's roster spot is safe. Right. So maybe that happens. Maybe, maybe that'll give us a little bit of clarity. But right now, I mean, I think they have eight receivers who are NFL quality players, and they're only going to be six spots available. Yeah. unless something drastic happens. Um okay. At cornerback, a lot of people ask about Akella Witherspoon and and Jason Verrett. and the only thing that's really that I could really say about it is there the competition hasn't materialized yet because Jason Verrett is still so early in the process of getting his body back to feeling right. So it is still Akella Witherspoon with the starters. Uh Witherspoon got knocked out of practice, I think he banged knees or something. He had a he had a minor contusion, something like that, um, in one of the practices, and later returned and then and then left the practice. But other than that, I mean, good one. Or other than that, Witherspoon has been the one who's been playing with the starters for the majority of the time. So we're going to have to wait to see how that shakes out. Verette has looked pretty good though. Uh, you can tell he's still getting his legs underneath him, but considering he's coming off an Achilles tear. And you you can see the quickness is still there like he was a hyper athletic player, one of the main reasons he was a first round pick coming out of TCU. Um, but he's just not there yet and it's tough to it's tough to throw somebody in a competition for playing time when really they're competing with themselves just to just to feel confident in their body again. So it might yeah. be that by the time, by the time we, we are no longer allowed to watch the entirety of training camp practices, which is going to be in a couple of weeks, uh, that's when the competition is going to heat up. So we might not even know how the competition is really looking until we see who's starting week one.
2: Yeah, and I think the, better, the best news possible from that group at this point is that just nobody has looked outwardly bad. And I think that's yeah. probably the best you can ask for after five days of practice—is that just no one's standing out as as terrible.
1: Yeah, even Tim Harris, the uh, the sixth round pick, is is making a, making a few plays here and there um, against reserves mostly. But I, I think Harris's uh, his camp has been quietly solid. Um, right guard, sort of in flux at the moment because center Weston Richburg is is on pup following knee and quad surgery in the offseason the 49ers are expecting to be hit for, are expecting him to be back week 1 but it's meant that Mike Person and Ben Garland have sort of been rotating at right guard and center garland garland has been predominantly the starting center uh with person at right guard but person was also getting reps at center so i think it's still going to be person if you know gun to my head if if Richberg's back healthy and he's a starter then you're going to keep person there because you re him Uh, it's a little bit in flux right now but otherwise I don't think that's that's going to change and obviously Josh Garnett's injury today really dampers his chances at winning a starting spot and probably really hurts his chances at, at winning a roster spot
2: yeah yeah I think so I think that's a big deal a because injuries have been such a prominent issue for him but b he's gonna miss three weeks that's gonna put him way behind the eight ball competition wise and the Niners added a Ton of depth on the offensive line, and and you figure somebody's going to step up and really stand out. And Garnett was going to be a valuable roster member if he could push Mike Person for that starting job. He's not super versatile. He's not. He's he can't not, play
1: center, or at least we've never right. seen him play center, which is a big deal.
2: Right. And so he would basically just be a backup right guard, and that's not something that teams are typically going to roster unless that guy is is a starting caliber player which Garnett just hasn't been and on top of that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah. So there are not a lot of there are not a lot of things going right for Garnett when it comes to making a list of pros and cons for reasons he should be on the roster.
1: Yeah, I, I, I thought coming into this training camp that Garnett would have to win a starting spot to, to stay on the roster, and it's just really tough to see him winning that job right now, particularly after the team gave Mike Person that three-year contract extension in the, in the spring. Um, back up tight end. It's, it's an interesting position because there haven't been a ton of guys standing out, and we wonder if tight end is a position where maybe the 49ers go thin in terms of numbers if the if Kyle Shanahan decides to do something like keep three quarterbacks or you know keep an extra running back or keep seven receivers maybe tight end is a position that suffers from that so Garrett Selleck is going to be on active PUP he had back surgery he's not going to be back until week six uh It's hard to it's hard to feel confident in Garrett Selleck at that point. Just the fact that he's basically missed the entire summer. He'll have missed training camp. Um, So we don't really know how that's going to materialize. But it doesn't look like there's going to be a whole lot of production from him uh, in 2019. Ross quietly a nice a nice camp, made a nice touchdown grab today on a pass from Nick Mullins in the red zone. Caden Smith, rookie six round pick. We just haven't seen a whole lot from him. Um, Tyree Mayfield is an interesting player because he's very athletic and he also offers them, uh, option at fullback. Uh, yeah. and, and then there's Niles Paul who Kyle Shanahan is familiar with, uh, from his time in Washington. This is, this is tough because I mean, you, you would like to have a good backup tight end, obviously. And then there's Levine Toy Lolo, um, who is an enormous person. He's basically, he looks like basically DeForest Buckner in a tight end body. Like, like he moves around like a tight end. He's, obviously, he's not fast, but he's six, eight. Um, so you wonder if, if he could be a, a red zone target, but we just haven't seen a whole lot there from him either. So the backup tight ends haven't really been there. Ross Dwelly is a guy who's probably been around the longest of, of just about everybody. I mean, Toy, Levine Toilolo is familiar, familiar with Kyle Shanahan's offense after playing in it with Atlanta. But I don't know. I, I honestly have no idea how this is going to shake out. Like if they keep three, I would assume it's Dwelly and Smith, but I could e- easily see Tyree Mayfield making the team because of his versatility, and he could bring some value on special teams. Sure. Um. So it's going to be interesting because it could be that they just decide to keep two. They could just keep Kittle and somebody else, and if they need to, they could use Kyle Juszczyk at fullback. Um, they could, uh, or it could be that they just keep two because if they need to, they could keep Kyle use and play him at tight end and in, in a pinch. Uh, maybe they, they try Jalen Hurd at tight end in certain scenarios. So I don't know. I think tight end is going to be interesting. They'll probably end up keeping three, but I could see a scenario where they just keep two, uh, yeah. which one it's, it's tough to say because it's, there are a lot of differing skill sets toy Lolo is enormous, but slow. Mayfield is fast and athletic but a little bit smaller but he can also play fullback in special teams Hayden Smith is a six-round rookie who is still cutting his teeth and it's really hard to get a gauge on where he's at um Selick's hurt and Ross is probably the safest bet because he's familiar uh with the system and he's and he's getting better so if it's three guys, it's probably going to be Dwelly and Smith because Smith was a draft pick, and maybe you try to get Mayfield on the practice squad, or maybe you put Smith on the practice squad and and hope that somebody else doesn't snatch him up and you don't need to draft another, t- another tight end next year. Uh, but we will we will have to see it so very early in camp. Uh, before our break, one more position group. Uh, free safety. Tavarius Moore has gotten first-team reps the last two practices.
2: Already. It took one week.
1: Already, and Robert Robert Sala is downplaying the development saying he's nowhere close to be, being a starting safety week one. I like Robert Sala personally. I'm just not really buying what he's saying. And I understand why he would say that because essentially when you're at the podium speaking to reporters, you're in essence talking to the players themselves. So you're not going to tell Traverius more, hey, you really need to practice and get better at this, this and this, and then go tell the media, yeah, he looks like he's going to be competing for his starting job. You know, like right. that's not how you that's not how you do that with young players, because you got to keep the message consistent. So. I th- the, I think that Tavares Moore is getting first-team reps because he has a chance to be in that mix. And also, Jimmy Ward isn't back, and we should say Jimmy Ward is the favorite to start at free safety, but we all know Jimmy Ward's lengthy injury history. So there's a very yeah. real chance that Tavares Moore gets significant playing time this season at safety. Well, and,
2: and just real quick to, to touch on what you said about Salah, he says that Tavares Moore is nowhere close to being a starting safety week one. Well, we're really nowhere close to week one.
1: Yeah, that's like true, just because
2: Just because he's not ready now doesn't mean the team doesn't see him projecting to be in three, four, five weeks.
1: Right. And so we should mention that DJ Reed, too, in the same draft class uh, in 2018, he's been moved around. He's played some slot corner. He's played outside corner, which was his college, college position at Kansas State. So... Yeah. I ultimately think what the 49ers are trying to do, and maybe we said this earlier, but is just have as much versatility at the back end of these depth charts as possible. So if you deal with injuries in the secondary like the 49ers did last year, you have guys capable of filling in at multiple spots. So if you're thin at corner, Tavares Moore or DJ Reed could play corner. If you're thin at safety, DJ Reed or Tavares Moore could play safety. You're cross-training these guys, so you can do a bunch of different things if you need to. Um and, and sort of get these guys well rounded in terms of their skill set so they're not pigeonholed to where it's more difficult to replace somebody if you deal with multiple injuries. So I, I sort of think that's where the 49ers are going with this. They've been very coy on on Tavarius Moore. Um, but you know, I've heard from somebody that that he's looked really good. Somebody watches all the the you know the actual cut-ups of, of these practices. So we will have to see, but I think I said it in June or, or maybe a, a July podcast that so one of my predictions would be Tavares gets significant playing time at safety. Um, him getting first-team reps these last two days makes me feel more confident that that's the case. Uh, I don't know that he's going to beat out Jimmy Ward if Jimmy Ward is healthy for a starting job, but if we know anything about Jimmy Ward and, and all the broken bones that he's dealt with, you need to have a viable option, and the 49ers are at least making Tervarius various more that kind of option uh, or at least they're trying to develop in that way and maybe they've seen enough of adrian colbert that you know they 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 feel like they're going to get more value out of these practice reps for somebody like more
2: yeah that makes sense
1: all right guys we've got an announcement to make blue wires teaming up with harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably Go to harrys.com bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich, lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com bluewire blue wire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com bluewire blue wire to redeem your razor for just $3. Should we take some Twitter questions?
2: That sounds like a great idea. Okay. I, I mean, it sounds like an okay idea. <laughs> people overuse the word great. It's a, it's a, it's just, it's a good idea.
1: People people uh, exaggerate their emotions on on uh, social media. Like yeah, football is sure. back. The Hall of Fame game is back.
2: Football's back. Oh, this football stinks. game <laughs> stinks. Like, do you know how bad a football game has to be that like Joe Flacco not playing in it is decreasing the quality?
1: Yeah. Yeah, like the, that uh, should
2: tell you everything you need to know. Football's not back until a foot goes through the ball on week 1. That Thursday night game then football can be back. Until then this is all this is all Hodgepodge malarkey.
1: The Broncos and the Falcons both play five preseason games. What are we doing? Brody. 5. Dude,
2: ma- can You imagine covering one of those teams? Oh Jesus.
1: That's my nightmare every off season, like is is just praying to God the 49ers do not get the Hall of Fame game. <laughs> um, anyway, Alex Tran asks, uh, I need my Mitch Wisnowski update of the day. Good news for He's you, good. Alex <laughs> Tran. Uh, there, was, there was a lot of Mitch Wisnowski at today's practice, and I uh, I timed the hang time for as many punts as, as I could, uh, and there were a lot of them, and, then, and basically all of his punts were within the 4-3 to 4-7 range, and he had two... That I had uh, longer than five seconds, which is which is very very good. Um, and most of his punts uh, directionally, when he was working on you know the coffin corner thing and, and pinning guys deep near the goal line, it seemed like he was doing well with that. And a lot of the punt res, punt catchers receivers were punt returners. I should say that's the word, right? Uh, yeah, they, that's were, the word. they were struggling to to catch the ball cleanly. So Mitch Wishnowsky, I think, is going to be good. And yeah, I'm curious and he, to see him play in real games uh, against guys who aren't catching him every day in practice because I think he's good. I'm not entirely sure he's worth a fourth-round pick, but if he's one of like the five best punters in the league, which I think he certainly could be, then you can justify it. Um, but, yeah, Mitch Wisnowski is fine. He's good. I don't think yeah. fans need to worry about the punter situation. Yeah. Um let's see what's what's the next one? Is Marquise Goodwin number one right wide out? Augie Nomac wants to know that. Um I don't think so. I mean, I think there are plays where he looks like one, but it's he just hasn't done it consistently enough. I think ultimately that's Dante Pettis right now is sort of being treated as a number one receiver. Um I you know Kyle Shanahan says it all the time. He doesn't look at it like there's a number one, number two. He looks at it positionally, so there's a there's a Z and X and an F, uh, which are the two outside, the two flanker spots, and then the uh, yep. the, the slot spot. And ultimately, like George Kittle is probably going to be the one who leads the Niners interceptions this year, so the number one receiver uh, moniker might not even qualify. But no, I don't. I don't think it's Goodwin. Um, I think ideally, Goodwin is somebody who gets you 50 catches, averages you know, 18 yards a catch has a few long touchdowns and is really just sort of a complimentary piece. So you don't have to rely on him because he's, he's like a, he's like a race car, man. Like he's, if, if anything is wrong and he's not up to speed, then, then he loses his productivity in a hurry. And, uh, and you just got to ma- maximize his skill set by not having to rely on him too much.
2: Yeah. And I, I that's what I was going to say. I think if anything, his role decreases
1: this year yeah and i think kyle Shanahan has said as much um let's see how sexy is jimmy g looking in full pads he looks exactly the same as he does on game day
2: really strong question
1: <laughs> uh at guy 16 normal how good has bosa been uh somebody else asked why aren't there videos of bosa in one-on-one pass rushing drills uh the 49ers for the most part have kept bosa out of one-on-one drills and I'm not entirely sure why I assume it's related to sort of keeping a pitch count and making sure you're not overworking him. But the interesting thing about it is he's not doing one-on-one drills, but he is doing a lot of team drills. So I just haven't seen that before. I haven't seen, um, I haven't seen a player like typically if you're working a guy back in, he'll do individual drills and you'll keep him out of teamwork. This is sort of the opposite. So uh, in terms of how Bose is looking, I mean, there are a couple of times of practice where it's like, wow, like that guy is going to be really good. The thing is, is the 49ers are limiting his reps and he's not doing a ton. So we don't get to see a whole lot of it. And they're just ramping him back up. But I, I think Bosa, if he's the, the biggest question with him is it's not talent because he has the talent to be, I think, one of the premier edge rushers in the league. I just think it's going to be all about durability and staying healthy for him. And so far. He looks good. Uh, there haven't been any questions about his hamstring injury. Uh, I know he, he got sort of pancakes by Sean Coleman in a practice earlier this week and then didn't have any reps after that. Um, it's my understanding that that was just the last rep that he was scheduled for anyway. And he even, he even came in and spoke to the media immediately after that practice. And typically if players are ever hurt they're they're never going to come speak to the media um, in that scenario. So uh, I think Bosa's fine. I think he looks good. I'm very curious to see what his workload's gonna be like in the in the preseason. Um because I think the 49ers are gonna feel comfortable in that he's probably good enough to where they don't need preseason reps necessarily. They they should probably just try to gear him up for week one. Uh so yeah, I think Bosa looks good.
2: Next question. <laughs>
1: Uh, let's see.
2: Surprise cuts. That's a good question.
1: Surprise. From seven cuts.
2: points at seven points.
1: Surprise cuts. All right. We talked I about have this one meeting. on
2: my, I have this one on my knee. No idea where I got it. I just kind of woke up and it was there. Uh, another one on my elbow that I think I got from playing <laughs> with my cat. I
1: see. I see. You're <laughs>
2: Surprise cuts guys. Here Very we go. I'm here all
1: Um, I, I, I can't rule out Marquise Goodwin. I just can't.
2: But but with Goodwin, like that's surprise. Like emphasis on surprise. Like it would be surprising. It would be surprising. for Goodwin to get if, cut. If you but were you're not going to call him a stone cold lock,
1: right? So we're trying to figure out who wouldn't be surprising if it was a surprise cut. Like so, Goodwin would qualify as a surprise cut that I could see getting cut. Right? So that. By definition yeah. wouldn't make it a surprise, but to answer the question, I think I think you'd have to put Goodwin's name in there. Uh, just going through the roster, I mean, a lot of it's kind of cut and dry to me. You know, yeah, uh, like David that's... David Mayo is would would people be surprised if David Mayo got cut? I don't think so. Malcolm Smith, I don't think people would be surprised if he got cut. Um I mean the it, you go down the the D, the defensive line and like Julian Taylor and Contavious street. I'm not sure that both of those guys are going to make the team. And I guess if either one of those guys got cut, it would, it would be a surprise, but I would say, I mean, street was a fourth round pick. I would have a hard time seeing them cutting him if he's healthy. Um, yeah. But Taylor's look good too. Boy. Uh, all right. Here's one. How about. Mm, Kaywan Williams? They wouldn't actually cut Kwan Williams, would they? If you really no. if you really like DJ Reed in the slot, or you think Jason Verrett can play in the slot, which Jason Varett kind of seems like the ideal slot player. Yeah. Um, then maybe you consider it, but it's not like Kaywan Williams is making a ton of money and, and
2: he's, he's really good.
1: Yeah, and he's been he's been one of their better secondary players, sort of sliding under the radar
2: not that the bar is super high but you get it
1: yeah i mean if we were to make a 93 man or sorry if we were to make a 53 man roster projection right now like i don't think there would be a ton of like wow they're cutting that guy like i just no no i think the receiver spot is sort of the toughest one um okay any more questions that we should answer
2: let me uh, let me look I know there's there's got to be one more really good one in here. I know we got we got time for one more. Um,
1: Quan Alexander, you want to answer Quan Alexander question? Yeah, sure. Um, at I am Legend nineteen seventy six. How does Quan Alexander look, and how is does Tavarius Moore looking at free safety? Um, Tavarius Moore hasn't really been uh, targeted all that much. So I would guess that's a good sign. I mean, the defense has generally been a lot better than the offense in the early going, and that's pretty typical. Um, so I don't want to make any any rush to judgment on that. Um, Quan Alexander looks good because he's participating in team drills a lot sooner than I thought he would. And yeah. so, you know, what the Niners brass said basically coming into camp was, oh, we're going to ease him back in. He's way behind. Garoppolo and obviously McKinnon uh, in his recovery from the ACL. So that made me think because Garoppolo is a full participant and McKinnon still hasn't come off pup yet that we weren't going to see Quan Alexander in practice until much later this month. But he's been taking first team reps uh, at linebacker and his reps have been pretty, um, you know, pretty sparse because he's coming back from the injury. So they're not going to throw him out there and, and have him have him play a whole lot. And, and I think having Dre Greenlaw and Elijah Lee and Malcolm Smith has has sort of made it uh, easy for them to to avoid giving Alexander all those reps because those guys need reps. So Alexander's look good in terms of his athleticism. Uh, Fred Warner has a lot of really good things to say about him. It sounds like Alexander already knows the defense well enough for the Niners to feel really comfortable. And I think if Warner were to ever get hurt, I think Alexander would step in and play the mic uh, because he, Alexander was the mic with Tampa Bay. Um, so Alexander, I think looks fine. I wouldn't think, I don't think he's, or he's not going to play in, in the preseason opener that Kyle Shanahan said that at the beginning of camp. So um, he might not even play the second game. I, I mean, these guys, I don't even know if they need to play at all in the preseason. I'm also like the world's most pessimistic preseason football person. Like, I just think preseason football is mostly useless. So, Same. so, it you know, any any good player, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't play because I think coaches sort of feel similar. They just want to make sure guys are healthy. And preseason is really about giving reps to guys on the back end of the roster uh, or, you know, guys who are battling for, for jobs. But no, Quan Alexander's looked fine. Um it's good. it's just tough to say because there isn't really a whole lot of hitting going on. Is that it? We wrap it up?
2: Yeah. Yeah, All I right. think that's it.
1: Thank you guys. All good
2: questions, guys. Good job. <laughs>
1: Thank you guys for, for asking us questions. Uh keep it locked for next week. We will be back with more training camp content. Don't forget to check out harrys.com slash blue wire for great deals and their stuff. And we will talk Ooh. to you guys
2: next week. You know what else is next week? What? We're gonna have like a game preview.
1: Football's oh, yeah, play, back, baby. They play what Saturday? Wow. Saturday next Saturday. Wow. Niners Cowboys. Football's back, you guys. We can revisit. We can revisit wa- all those epic games in the eighties and nineties.
2: I can't wait to watch Wilton Spate sling it for thirty minutes.
1: It's gonna be really fun when Wilton Spate leads like a fourth quarter touchdown. Oh, drive to sure. like win a game and everyone's gonna be like he's better than cj can <laughs> too
2: all right guys we'll talk to you next week this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working